If you pick up a human, do what it wants. Written by CET24601. Trade Captain Arek Lakareko, known for most of non-Christians as Arek, watched as Chrissa spiraled away beneath her from what would likely be the last time. She no longer felt any particular affection for her homeworld. Even during her apprenticeship, she had visited far nicer places. But she felt a tinge of sadness nonetheless. After all, it was home. But now the duty sent her outwards, and Iraq would do her duty with pride and pleasure. She straightened, backing away from the small window that she'd been crouching at. Her own apprentice, Corcoriliac, scurried away to follow her, clutching the daily pad that he had been scribing on. All packages and passengers are accounted for, Captain, he said, eagerly waving the tablet in front of her face. Next stop, Beherian. Arik smiled inwardly, though she maintained her professional manner. Had she been like this during her apprenticeship? She imagined not. In any case, Korik did his duty well, even if it could be a little exuberant. He would make a fine officer one day, once he learned to calm down a bit. Arik strode through the central corridor of the ship, Cork right behind her, returning to the crisp salutes of her crew. She paused for a moment as the walkway took them over to the main cargo bay, peering over the railing to make sure the loading process was going smoothly. Sure enough, the crewmen that she had assigned to supervise and assist the passengers were working efficiently, helping the various aliens unpack and escorting them to their berths. In addition to the expected Christians and the Baharians, Arik spotted several other species amongst the passengers. The chitinous exoskeleton of the Hegel, a whole family of horned herbers, and wait, was that a human? Dropping her calm demeanor, Harrick grabbed Cork by his shirt, pulling him up close. She whispered fiercely, "Cork, what is that? A human, Captain? And and well, uh, humans are um uh, native to Terra. Um, they d- they developed FTL travel in Galactic Standard Year sixteen o three. They." He began picking up steel, eager to show off his knowledge. Herrick cut him off. And you didn't think that it was worth telling me that there was going to be a human on my ship? Well, she paid in full, and... Herrick abruptly stood back up, tugging Cork along with her. It, it would not do to have the crew see their captain crouching out of the way, jabbering away like an apprentice rather than fulfilling her obligations. She took a moment to compose herself before she began walking back to the bridge. Cork followed in her footsteps. He still seemed a little confused about what the whole conversation, but Arak couldn't deal with that right now. Her first full voyage and there was a goddamn human aboard her ship. She moved forward on autopilot, nearly bowling over every pair of maintenance techs running in the opposite direction. Her head swung with every story that she had ever heard about humans. They don't understand authority, and they have no sense of duty. Hurt one, even by accident, and it will kill you. Arak's mind was awash with horrifying futures. Damn it, this was supposed to be an easy trip. She burst through the doors to the bridge, sending the crew scrambling to salute. She dismissed them as an afterthought, a lapse of decorum, understandable, given the circumstances, but still inappropriate, and moved towards her seat, still brooding. However, her train of thought was rudely interrupted at the arrival of Sulkulkakit, her first officer, who looked nearly as distraught as she felt. Captain, he cried urgently, bustling over to his seat, there's been an accident in the galley. 
What happened, officer? She asked, putting her own crisis aside for the moment. One of the Argor pens have malfunctioned, sir. Several of them escaped. Crap. Our girls were a crucial food source aboard a deep space ship. Due to the extraordinary ability to subsist solely on fuel byproducts of FTL travel, losing them would mean food shortages which would dramatically impair her crew. Although she supposed that she could use the stocks for the next part of the voyage, fortunately, there weren't really anywhere for the Argos to escape to. Have you taken action? Yes, Captain. Maintenance has been dispatched to repair the pen. Unfortunately, what with the launch, we don't have the crew to spare right now to begin rounding up these KPEs. But I'll assign teams as soon as they're available. Excellent. Thank you for your information. I'm going to go examine the situation. Keep me posted. Will do, Captain. Wonderful. Another crisis to deal with. Harrick left the bridge, walking even faster than she had been before, leaving Cork behind. As she passed from the open areas of the ship to the crew quarters and maintenance tunnel, she stopped abruptly. There, about a hundred feet down the corridor to her right, was the human muttering to herself as she unrolled a bedroll, smack in the middle of the crew-only hallway. This, this is an off-limits area. I need you to return to your quarters. What are you doing here? The human started and spun around, then relaxed. Well, it was kind of stuffy in there, and nobody was using the hallway, so I thought I'd just, you know, make a camp. Well, be that as it may, you need to... Wait, what was that? How did one of the Argos get up all the way up here so fast? And why would it be sitting on a human's pillow? What is that, Miss, um... Oh, I'm Sam. This is Max. I found him while I was walking up here. We're pals. The human bent over and scooped up the foot-long slug thing off a pillow, holding it up for the show, Eric. Do you perhaps know what it eats? I don't have much food, but I won't even try any of it. And who are you, by the way? Eric paused, overwhelmed by the situation. Finally, she composed herself. I am Eric, captain of this vessel, and I'm sorry, but not only do I need you to return to the passenger quarters, but I also need you to give me that argol. They're a vital food source for our voyage. The human looked up aghast. You can't eat Max. He's my friend. What? Why would the human care about the argol? She had no obligation to it. You know that you don't have to cook it yourself, right? So it doesn't matter if you get it now. We'll do it for you. There are enough for everybody, and if you could just give that one back to me. Well, if there's enough for everybody, then Max is mine, and I'll figure something else out to eat. I can go back to the passenger quarters, though. Uh, yes, she began repacking her bag, although she took care to keep herself between Eric and Argol. Miss, this is a month-long voyage. I can't just let you go without food. You'd die. She was pretty sure that the human's metabolisms were on the far side, like her own. Well, I can't let you just have Max, especially if you're just going to eat him. This was a disaster. Eric couldn't let the human get it without food. To knowingly let a passenger die would be a blatant violation of a duty as captain. But she was quite sure that the human would also die before relinquishing the Argol. Eventually, reaching her decision, she hailed Silka on a communicator. Officer, please dispatch a security team to maintenance corridor 13A to ensure that the human there is returned to her quarters. Additionally, make the galley staff aware that one of the Argos will not be returned, as a passenger refuses to relinquish it. 
They are to use food supplies slated for the next leg of the journey, and have my permission to send the shuttle to purchase replacements at Baharian. The reply was hesitant. After all, it was a highly abnormal order, and even the stranger situation, but obedient. Yes, Captain, I'll look into it. Please also be aware that the rest of the Argles have been returned to the pens. Excellent work. Thank you, officer. As Arak once again returned to the bridge, she was even more concerned than before. She was completely convinced that Sam was entirely willing to die if it meant saving the Argle. And if she had no obligation to it whatsoever, that kind of behavior, completely illogical, in violation of all postulates of duty and authority, could easily result in something far more dangerous than a slight delay to replace missing food. Two weeks later, though, all was well, but even though the voyage was going smoothly, Iraq remained on edge. The other shoe was going to drop soon, she knew. The humans, the confusion with the Argyle, the rumors that she was hearing of pirate attacks in the area. Trouble was coming. Arak knew that things would turn bad. Captain! The call came urgently from further down the bridge. Several signatures have appeared on the scopes. Big ships, no registrations. Crap. This was worse than what she had expected. She knew that there had been pirate attacks in the area around Barian, but she had expected a small attack craft, while within the capacity of a ship's shields and point defense grid. If she was instead under attack by a good-sized battle group, they were frecked. Send out a distress signal and have all passengers return to their quarters and seal them off. Muster the security crew and have them enable presser chutes and mag boots. Then prepare the onboard combat. We'll try to parlay, but I want to be ready if we can't. She spoke. Arak enabled her own emergency equipment, feeding her boots latch onto the deck as a thin pressure shield appeared around her. Around the bridge, her officers followed her example. Moments later, Iraq heard the first shots of the PDCs. They were followed by a deafening clang and a rocking which seemed to shake the whole ship. Silence followed. Morning craft, she said eventually. First officer, are all passengers accounted for? All but one, the Scalia's grim response. Arak could guess which one it was. Arak didn't have time to muse on it either. The bridge door slid open with a soft whoosh revealing a troop of heavily armed Trenian pirates. Arik's officers bravely raised their weapons, but she motioned them down. They likely couldn't even pierce the pirate's armor. The pirate leader, she refused to think of him as a captain, chuckled. Good call, he grinned. Now put down your weapons and move away from your stations. Arik didn't get to consider whether her duty obligated her to defend her ship or save a crew before the bridge door stood open again, this time revealing only one figure, Sam the Human, armed with a crude projectile pistol. A wave of amusement spread over the pirates of the bridge officers alike. Not only would the human pistol definitely be stopped by the pirate's armor, but to fire it here would be exceedingly dangerous. Hitting a window could cause depressurization, damaging the British and killing anyone. Right. The pirates, in their arrogance, had neglected to wear suits and boots, but Sam hadn't either. Why would she sacrifice herself to kill the pirates? She had no duty to the crew, and was a civilian that would probably be ransomed rather than killed. Arik could see a few of the pirates begin to realize their error, hesitatingly raising their weapons. The leader hadn't figured it out yet. Arik's voice broke in the confusion as she shouted across the bridge to Sam, Why? 
because you're my friend Captain Eric. Take care of Max for me. Sam fired her pistols even as the pirates raised their rifles. The glass across the bridge from her shattered violently, hurling Sam and the pirates screaming into the void. The bridge door buckled and nearly flew off its hinges. Eric felt a terrible pull on herself as well, but her mad boots held. It was over in seconds. Emergency shutters shut down across the bridge. Repressurizing commenced automatically as the bridge crew scrambled back to the stations. The ship accelerated away from the rest of the pirate fleet, which had waited well out of the range of the ship's defenses. A rack collapsed into a seat, too confused and relieved to worry about keeping up appearances. They say that humans will kill you for the slightest reason, and you might not even know what it is. What they don't tell you is that they'll die for you for the slightest reason too, even if you owe them nothing. So, if you're flying around in the void and against all odds you pick up a human, do what it wants. It'll save your life someday. End of story.